episode number 10. This is the final episode of season number one, and so we went big. We had our first female guest, Lauren, come on, chat with us about her life in education and what it's really like to hang out with the education bros. We love this chat with Lauren, and we think you will too. Thanks for listening, and follow us at education.bros on Instagram. Thanks again. All right, we're live. Episode 10, Education Bros. Uh, once again, we have a guest with us, the first female guest. Uh, Lauren, what's up? Welcome to Education Ooh, Bros. Yay, yay, Lauren. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, and uh, this is a different voice. This is Education Joe. I decided to give uh, <laughs> Adam a little break from hosting. Uh, and I didn't realize how much work it actually is hosting. I'm usually just in the sidelines, just... You know, coming in with my... It is nice to see you with some notes here, bro. <laughs> for the first time, I'm reading off my phone. Um, yeah, so I have new appreciation for, for Adam. Uh, before we uh, dive into this interview, uh, analytics, analytics Guy, what's, uh, what's new? Paulo here, a.k.a. Analytics Guy. I'd like to say welcome to our new listeners from Israel, Colombia, and Austria. Um, we're over 1,200 boys uh, and lady, um, <laughs> That's new for which is uh, phenomenal. Not sure when the monetizing starts, but uh, um, those are great numbers for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Oh, sorry. One other thing. Um, Joel mentioned it's uh, episode 10, uh, which is the last episode of season one That's of Education Bros. So, Lauren, you're on board with us for a big episode today and uh we'll see if uh, all four education wow. bros get renewed for season <laughs> two <laughs> or if we have some fresh faces in here wow. um, you usually see, there's so. a big cliffhanger at the end of season yeah, one yeah, too, yeah. Right? yeah. No, a, no pressure lauren yeah, but no pressure. uh if not all four of us are here for season two um, is this going to be the season finale or the actual show finale <laughs> it'll all depend on how this interview go, uh, goes uh, Lauren, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us about uh, what got you uh, into teaching and uh, just more about you. Um, so I have been teaching for about 10 years now. I mostly teach science, occasionally teach history. Uh, those were the two things that I studied in university. Um, I pretty much always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. When I was younger, I used to teach my sister a lot. I think she hated it. <laughs> um, my parents were both teachers. I pretty much knew what I was getting into. Um, they actually tried to dissuade me from getting into teaching for a period of time. Hmm. Why um, do you think that is? Uh, there was a lot of strike action when I told them. Uh, this is what, okay. tw 20 years ago? How old am I? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, so about 20 years ago, they were like, are you sure you want to get into teaching? But I was pretty sure to make sure that it was actually the right choice. I spent four or five years working at day camps and that sealed the deal. I loved it, loved working with kids, decided I was not going to be an elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. Liked mm -hmm. playing with them, but uh, I knew <laughs> I wanted to do high school. So <laughs> you learn a lot at day camp. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the best experience that I would say I had was doing the day camp. Um, in university, I had not officially decided, so I left the veterinary option open, quickly mm -hmm. changed my mind after first year, 
and uh, second year and then decided for sure that my uh, my choice would be teaching. And so I did a major in history, actually, and a minor in biology because I was terrified that I wouldn't get into teacher's college. And I did not want a degree in zoology, which is where I had started. And then I went to teacher's college and 10 years later, here I am. You know, Lauren, if you would have taken that in co-op in high school, I did. you could have figured that I out did. before you spent all that money in university <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, switched streams. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I did love my co-op experience, but the vets there said, you know, the reason you aren't sure is because you're still young and you'll grow up a lot and the difficult decisions that you have to make at a vet clinic will come easier with age. And so I didn't want to make the decision right away. I was trying to listen to people that obviously knew from experience, but honestly, camp was just um, so wonderful. And I love spending the time with the kids that it really wouldn't have mattered what I loved about veterinary medicine. That was where I wanted to be. Hmm. Um, I, I thought of something when you were talking and you said that you had a minor in biology and most of your Teaching. teaching is now in biology, it is. which is like kind of where I started. I know Joe has that same idea, like minor in biology. Yeah. And I just started learning about this thing called the imposter syndrome. Oh, you guys know? I had it for sure. Right? Did you yes. have that? So, yeah. so imposter syndrome is basically <laughs> like you, you find yourself in a position where you just talk yourself into like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have the knowledge. So me teaching chemistry, <laughs> me teaching chemistry, yeah, me but too. you know, the idea of starting a podcast, yeah. like, what are we yeah. doing? Why do like, that's, we don't know what we're talking about, but I yeah. think like anything, I don't know, I'll speak, you speak on this, but I think for my perspective is you just got to start. And we kind of said that in our first couple episodes, just start mm -hmm. and, and see where it actually goes. I don't know. If I think I was pretty confident that my my route into a job was going to be through science. So I tried to amp myself up for that in university. Um, and then if, sure enough, I was teaching science when I first started. Um, and I would say there's certain units, especially like I didn't take mm -hmm. physics in high school. Right. And I had to take it when I went to university. Um, so my background there was not great. And then showing up and having to teach electricity and optics i remember i was like two days ahead of the kids right. at best and when they'd ask questions I'd be like that's a great question why don't you look it up tonight and get back to me <laughs> right because we've all been there as teachers i know uh, chris you did the world religion course a couple of years ago and you were like you know learning about uh, judaism I, or I buddhism glad, i just glad i learned about the imposter syndrome I'm using that all the time <laughs> i just honestly ran into the administrator he kind of got some new ideas for me next year and he's like you know chris you're quite the renaissance man and now my response would be, no, I'm an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth, man. Like, you know, you know me, when they threw me in the basketball, Polo tried to come in and steal my job right away. <laughs> and he said, you can't shoot threes, you can't do that. And I felt like an imposter there. And I'm sure I didn't even know you were an historian. I'm so proud to sit beside you right now because I'm a yeah. fellow imposter historian. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to hear that. See, I didn't even know. I always laugh because I don't know you. you Last three, I've only met you like two and a half. It's three the years, math right? leave problems, yeah. <laughs> the math problems, yeah. I don't. I've never met the, the other person yet. I can't wait. Right, no. <laughs> yeah. It's the patio version. Well, I remember the first time I met Lauren. Um, it was again through uh, our last episode was on socials, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a teacher hockey social, but with all the different schools. So um, it was mm. a great opportunity for us to meet up with other other friends and a, a common friend of ours who's dying to be on the podcast i'm not even going to mention his name i don't know i don't know, I don't know if you are at any point in time and um, he's actually an administrator in our board now and when we were i was just kind of having some beers with him and you were just there and i'm like 
is this your younger sister? I know it's not your wife because I met her. And he just introduced you as my driver. This is my driver. And then we got yeah. to know each other a little bit. And then I actually thought you were still at a school down south. So mm -hmm. We use north and south here. Yep. Um, where my daughter goes to now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, that would be a great choice because like, she'll at least have a great science teacher there. And then when I got here, I was like, oh, I forgot that you switched from that school to this school. I like that you said switched instead of asked to uh, leave because of surplus. But, yeah. 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 Could you speak to that? Because I don't know if anyone else has been surplus here. I've never been no, surplus. No. So what does that mean to like just be, like teachers that are listening? Uh, so when I first got hired, the population of students at the first school was really high. And then over the course of the first five years that I was there, it slowly started to decline for changing programs. And then when you get surplused, there's just not enough students right. per staff mm -hmm. member. So they ask you to pick some choices of where you want to go. And then they try to do their best to find a, a spot for you at one of those schools. And that's how I ended up here. And that's how I ended up meeting Paulo. But what if I'm sure through our mutual friend. Now, did you have anything to do with the declining numbers at that school? <laughs> Science was not part of it. Okay. You know, you know what's funny is actually the very first time I met Lauren was also at Teacher uh -huh. Hockey, yeah. and she wow. was playing. And I think that's the importance we talked about last week of staff socials, putting yourself out there. So generally, the hockey team is all males. Mm -hmm. So Lauren had to go change in a different room, but would come in for you know drinks after the game or something. And I was like, I, I was like, wow, I respect. I don't know her, yeah. but I respect her for coming into a room of twenty guys wow. and yeah. having a drink with us and just kind mm -hmm. of. You know, it just seemed like you were obviously comfortable in that situation. Is that because of growing up playing sports or? Um, definitely because of sports um, and the interest, but it's also some really good close friends that helped to make that transition easier. Um, playing hockey on Thursday afternoons with a number of the gents that played really helped because you walked into the room and it wasn't just a handful of people that you knew. Um, I, I would say that it's difficult because, you know, you lose the social aspect. You want to be able to participate in all of it, but you get sent off to, I like they called it a change room. It was not a change room. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a closet. It was a closet, yeah, oh, with like a chair in it. So you go, you get changed. But honestly, it's worth it because you end up meeting people that you don't expect to meet. And, you know, relationships are so important um, in teaching. You end up at schools that you don't expect to. And so, you know, here I met Adam and then he turned around and left the country when I joined this particular school. Right. Um, so I'm, I tried not to I'm take that to see trend here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that both playing sports um, and coaching really makes you have a different appreciation for the relationships that you build and how important socials are for um, making yourself a better teacher. You get to know staff differently. Um, coaching, I think it's so important. Uh, but I played, yeah, hockey all through elementary school, high school, played intramurals in university, coached at my first school. Uh, and there's a lot of, a lot of guys, which I think just comes with the territory and it's usually a good icebreaker giving Joe a couple of um, shots every day about the habits. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think I'm the only person here who can't stop on skates. So there's like more material for you to uh, jab me with. I can stop in yeah. one direction, but not in the other direction. Uh, I, I, I just snow plow and I just, end up on my face or when I turn sideways, I spin like an idiot. Like it's, yeah, I can't. Were, were you more nervous uh, going into that hockey change room or, or coming on this podcast today? I uh, coming on the podcast. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> well, the great thing about Lauren too, is you have this great demeanor of you get along with everyone. I think that's why we kind of um, 
like, at least you show that you get along with everyone. Maybe in your <laughs> in, inside, you're not getting along with everyone, but you have this great demeanor of dealing with lots of different types of people, get along with everyone in the, depart- the department. Um, I think that's why we wanted to have you on as our first female guest. Is there something, is, do you think that has, again, I'm going back to the sports thing, but why do you think you just are that laid back personality? Because in a classroom, you're a little bit more type A, correct? Oh, I am type A. You are type yeah. A. So, <laughs> so it's hard. Like we're four guys. Uh, sorry, Paula, but I know you're organized, but we're like more like the not type A guys in general. We're laid back. We, didn't, like, we go with the flow a little bit more. So how do you go from always being type A, but then also dealing with the things that get thrown at you as being a teacher, yep. dealing with boys like us all the time? <laughs> how do you deal with that? Um, middle child syndrome? No. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, yeah. No, probably. Uh, I think you just put on the sound so cliche, but you know, different hats with different relationships. And uh, my general relationship with men, it ends up being a lot of the time is, you know, I like being helpful. And one of the things that I can help with in a lot of cases and coaching especially is organization and um, being reliable. I can remember, you know, brief coaching stints with Adam over here and saying my only job was to make sure that you didn't lose your water bottle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So then periodically getting pictures over the course of a year of water bottles forgotten, you know, in random places. But um, I think everybody has strengths and things that they can bring. And so, you know, in sports where I'm not as familiar with the actual sport itself. So whether or not it was being ultimate Frisbee that time, or when I first started um, coaching boys baseball, which you know, with our mutual friend is probably my favorite sports coach sitting outside, but he'd just look at me every day and be like, did you bring the snacks? Did you got all the paperwork? And, <laughs> yeah. um, and it wasn't oh, out of, you know, paperwork coaches the best. well, and that's it, you know, like I didn't have as much to offer in terms of, you know, I wasn't going to be running the practices and, um, but there's a lot of appreciation there and it makes you feel like you're helping in a way that, you know, fills needs. Um, but it does, it does change your relationships. Uh, I think that that easygoing attitude is probably more generally a facade because I am a type A person. Yeah, 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 I close yeah, the yeah. door and I, I, you know, I get all Sweet. my sticky notes <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of checklists. As uh, Joe will know, he sits next to me and watches me make schedule after schedule. And uh, like, how many revisions to the initial oh, schedule <laughs> did you make? Like. I think the first week when we came back yeah. and we knew we were going to be teaching online, it, it started out well. And then I found out two days later, the course I was teaching had switched. So I, it was like, delete, delete everything I had done, start again. And, you know, whether or not it was having students in the building, at home, afternoons, mornings, double length periods. But, I, you know, the organization paid off. And I would say this semester, I feel actually pretty good. So, so. like we talked a, a few episodes uh, in the past of how teachers have influenced you and made you better. So as much as I chirp you for making all of those schedules and I'll continue to do that, but I thought I was like pretty, like a pretty organized teacher as I entering my 15th year. And I, now I know there's another level to get mm. to, and that's the Lauren level. Right? <laughs> and I thought I had all my, you know, eyes dotted. You are very organized and not, as you said, to not, generalize. You not, know, uh, not. Paul's organized. Level. Joe's organized. I'm working on it. I'll forward you that email. Well, whenever, whenever your name comes up in, in conversations, at least with me, with, with other staff and admin, it's, it's always positive. It's always, you know, Lauren's so organized. She's so great with the kids. Um, the students speak very highly of you. Um, and you're super humble. And, you know, and I know, I think it was your dad that was in an, 
mm -hmm. an administrator. Yeah. And, you know, one of my uh, critiques of teaching and kind of all the different levels is, um, you know, our mutual friend excluded <laughs> is that, you know, a lot of times the wrong people go into administration and become leaders and, and your name just comes up all the time. And I remember being a younger teacher, being tapped on the shoulder and just being like, it's just not for me because I feel like I would lose yeah. the connection with the with the kids. Um, so, I mean, you know, I've worked with teachers in the past that all of a sudden they're like running the school newspaper, have done nothing for like 15 years. They're running the school newspaper. Worst publication I've ever seen. Imposter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you talk about an imposter? Wow. Exactly. And then lo and behold, oh, next year you're an administrator. Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Um, I would say, you know, my both my parents being teachers took very different paths. So my dad did go into administration. He was a math teacher and a music teacher for a really long time. Um, my mom was a lifelong biology teacher. I think she hated change so much so that she started at school and retired out of school. So um, I, I think there's a different appreciation for whether or not you want to spend all of your time with the kids and that's really where you get your joy um, or whether or not it's making gross changes in the school and feeling like you can give back and change the direction of things. And I would say I waver time to time. Every now and then I feel like I could go into administration. But I think honestly, I take things too personally right now at this point in my life that if parents were unhappy or, you know, when students are struggling, I take so much of that home with me mm -hmm. that I don't know right. that I, I'm currently the right personality. And as you know, my vet mentor said, you grow into these things that could change. Mm -hmm. um, but right now it's really the relationships with the kids and working in awesome departments that really does help. And when you're in a good department, you don't want to leave in, in a similar fashion. Yeah, Lauren, we, so we're in the same department uh, together and I've been talking since day one how amazing it is to go to work. Uh, it makes such a difference. I know for me, I it wasn't always the case. Uh, for you, had, have you experienced uh, colleagues that you maybe you didn't uh, get along with, didn't inspire you, or departments that uh, but, you know, you've had in the past that well, affect only you either way? Coming from one other school, um, they were just very different. So the school that I was in had a, a number of really established teachers and um, I was the youngest person in the department and was pretty much the entire time that I was there. And I think it makes it a little bit harder to relate. Um, I felt a lot of pressure to not need too much mm. because, you know, I think there's something to be said for proving yourself. And you hear all about those teachers that show up and ask for materials on the first day. And you got to, you know, you got to make your way and do it yourself and show that you're going to put in the time and the effort. And I felt that way those first few years until I felt you know, maybe the imposter syndrome started to, to <laughs> ramp down a little bit. Uh, and then I ended up only being there a couple more years after that. The um, staff in the phys ed department, especially at that first school, were, um, you know, a bunch of, of guys that I knew um, for a, a number of years beforehand, not, you know, socially, but were so welcoming and so wonderful that it really helped break the ice in the school and, and have really amazing relationships there. But coming here, it was so different because it was like there was a cleaning of house right before four of us showed up. And so we got to kind of, you know, come up with a new climate, how we felt, new traditions. And that clean slate has been awesome. I Joe showed up when I was on a mat leave and I remember being introduced to him at a social. <laughs> again. Yeah, first, I don't yeah. actually just go to socials. To <laughs> <say that. laughs> Um, being introduced and they're like, oh, we, you know, we got this guy, he's going to be a, a new biology teacher. And at the time I remember thinking, oh, 
and he's got more experience than I am. He's going to, you know, be asking to teach all the sections, but that's just the department that we're in. And he's so great. Um, this summer when we found out all of our schedules, our department had said to us, okay, so I need a couple of you to teach chemistry. <laughs> and Joe and I couldn't believe <laughs> we're both not chemistry teachers. And he was, you know, an absolute gentleman and stepped up and said, you know, I'll take the the course is going to have more kids in it and the harder one between the two of us knowing that I had, you know, I was moving in with my parents, we're renovating our house, there's a lot going on. So, you know, he was a rock star in that regard, but it's just and the also, culture. I knew you, um, like you, you have two young kids, right? Yeah. And I don't know how you were able to teach online with like two toddlers oh. hanging <laughs> off of your limbs. Uh, how did, so when you showed us videos like that, there's no way I was going to, demand like i essentially let you have the pick of the litter but how, <laughs> how did you do it like teaching online with two well, screaming kids well the video that joe's referring oh, to man. is so both adam and joe enjoy uh giving me a hard time all the time that parenting is so easy this is coming so from easy. two people that don't currently parent, <laughs> parent anybody <laughs> uh and you know that i take mat leads for breaks and i really don't enjoy working full time so this is this is the constant ongoing uh, dialogue between us and so one of the days i was supposed to be um teaching and you know, my one-year-old is clinging to my leg, crying and screaming. And I just picked my phone up, took a video of his face, <laughs> took a picture of the screen, looked back down at his face and sent it to them and said, you know, this is what my day looks like. Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily think I did a great job in the spring. It's just, I think everybody was trying to survive and balance um, learning from or teaching from home. Thankfully, we didn't have to do it synchronously. So I was able to spend a lot of earlier mornings, nap times, later afternoons prepping to post things, whether or not it was a video of me going through a lesson. But if it had been synchronous, I would have been screwed the entire spring. Even wow. though we are the education bros, we're about 50-50% on males, females. So we have a lot of female listeners. Any advice quickly for Matt Leaves? Uh, if you were, you know, for our female <laughs> listeners? a break. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's so easy. Parenting so easy. Uh, advice for Matt Leaves? Not especially. I think if you have a really supportive department, then it makes it uh, easier to come back to. And really just finding a school that you, um, you know, feel comfortable enough in where you are and feeling um, good about the relationships that you have leaving and coming back is, is a lot easier. So, I'm not saying that, you know, you should necessarily wait until you're at the perfect school by any means, but <laughs> that may never happen. Some people don't get so lucky, uh, but it does make it a lot easier. I had a lot of FOMO on my mat leaves. I'm not going to lie. I get pictures of socials um, or, or other things happening in the department. You know, prior to COVID, we did a lot of potlucks and getting pictures like that while I'm at home with the screaming children while they're all relaxed, having a lovely Friday afternoon uh, makes it makes it hard to miss. But you know, you know, you're going to be back sooner than you can imagine. Well, I, um, when we first started this, you know, and, you know, it was, I think it was, we all know it was Adam's initial idea and he kind of came to me and I was like, who's going to listen to us. <laughs> and now that we have over 1200 listeners, it, it seems like there is an, an appetite for this. Um, but I know you were one of our first listeners and I remember walking by the halls and you were like, Hey, I, uh, I heard your podcast. I'm like, you did? And we started to kind of chat about a few things and you had one of the first posts on our Instagram. Maybe was it the first post on no, our Instagram? No, one of the first. One of the first yeah. ones for sure. 
And then when you and I were chatting kind of just privately, you know, you said, you know, maybe you guys should talk about something that teachers college doesn't prepare you for. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you wrote the post uh, about your brother and losing your brother and what you went through, um, it automatically triggered a memory for me of one of my students that passed away. And this was, it wasn't just any student. It was, um, he was an elite athlete. He was on the under 17 national soccer team. He was also the best basketball player at our school, but also a great kid. But I remember he was in my class and I beat him in badminton <laughs> and he just couldn't take it. He's like, how did I lose to this old man? How did I lose to, <laughs> to this guy? And I remember he came on the Friday. He's like, we're playing again after school. <laughs> and we played again after school. And I beat him again. And he was like, you know, I've never played the sport, but I'm a way better athlete than you. And we never got to play again because he, he oh, passed man. away that weekend on a Sunday night. And, um, you know, how do you prepare for that? Right. And I, I just I, I tried to put myself in your shoes with with your story. But, um, you know, we ran a memorial basketball tournament all my years that I was there. And, you know, you mentioned or you started to kind of share a story with me, too, about something that happened or just kind of even in general, um, you know, what's something that Teachers College didn't prepare you for? I think it is sharing what students go through because I, it's so easy to forget when you're staring at their faces in front of you that they go home to their whole lives. And I think that's part of, you know, what my post was about is it works both ways. Students often also forget that teachers go home and they have things going on, whether or not it's family members who are sick, financial problems, mental health issues, whatever it might be. Um, I think that the thing that they really don't prepare you for is how to help them and how to support them when they share things that are so unexpected. Like I can remember one of my students showing me a sonogram on the way in the door to one of my first classes. And I'm like, nobody told you how to feel. Do you say congratulations? Are we happy? You know what? Okay. There's a big surprise face. And then you quickly try to compose yourself and it's, it's things like the surprise, but then it's also the difficulties they go through. You hear about kids whose parents passed away or are struggling themselves. Oh my gosh, the number of kids that come to you and tell you that they have real mental health problems and are stressed about this or have this going on at home, talking to parents when you know their kids are not doing particularly well in class and then finding out that there is circumstance that you weren't aware of. I feel like that's the, the biggest, um, challenge in teacher's college you can't really prepare people for that because you, there's no way you could anticipate what a kid's going to tell you the amount of information they share with you because it's so difficult for them um, i think that's why my experience helped me um, and i think the biggest thing that i learned to say to them was really just like it's just school and it will be here when whatever you're going through is over and we're supposed to be a supportive network where they can feel safe and that um, we can help them when they need it. And that was given to me when I was in university. My brother was given that initial diagnosis. The most memorable thing one of my university profs said to me was, why are you here? Go home. You don't need to be in class. You know, I will help you through whatever it is that you need. I'll send you the, the material. And that first response was a game changer for me because it meant that whenever students would bring me information like this, I remember how helpful that was in just not worrying about that part of my life because you, a lot of students are gonna worry about it when they're going through difficult things. So I would say 
my personal experience helped more than teachers college did, I guess. And, you know, you hope that people don't have to go through it to be able to relate. Yeah. And every year, I don't know about you guys, but every year there's a, a story or a situation that is still like new. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. every year students or staff will surprise you with, with something. So we're always going to be, um, you know, learning, like learning as we go. Yeah. So, um, I think that uh, that will wrap up our our interview with uh, with Lauren. Lauren, thanks uh, so much for joining us and uh, sharing all your wisdom and insight <laughs> and stories. Uh, yeah, like we said, it, it just flew by, right? Like, well, saying to these guys, you know, getting to be the first female on here, I feel like I like snuck into the locker room and get to <laughs> participate in the chat. And apparently, it, it's not the first time. <laughs> well, exactly, I was going to say true. I have a little experience apparently in that, but. Thank you very much. And yeah, it was, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, beauty. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. And that wraps up season, season one, one <laughs> of episode bros. Hopefully we get picked up by one of the major podcast networks for <laughs> a season two. And uh, would you retire if we got picked up? Retire um, from teaching? Give up your pension if they said, hey, we got a multi-year deal. Might not be big money, but it could potentially be, be big money. Yes. <laughs> no, I just, you know what, the, the, the longer you teach and the more you have to deal with, like some of the conversations I have with people that still don't get what I do and how I'm trying to help kids. Sometimes I just shake my head and, you know, uh, you know, I never want to be to that point where I'm counting down the, the years. But, um, you know, if something like that came up, I mean, I'm already kind of starting to work on my second career, which uh, we'll talk about in a future uh, podcast, yeah, maybe it. season two. You yeah. wanted, you wanted, <laughs> yeah, cliffhanger. You wanted a cliffhanger. There you go. We'll end right there. Beautiful. See you next time. Peace out.